welcome back to our podcast, and that's what you missed on Glee. I am Dalton, the certified, self-proclaimed Gleek, and the person not talking is the first-time watcher, Zach. This is our weekly podcast that is all about the Ryan Murphy TV show Glee, which we have been re-watching from the very beginning and taking you through all the twists and turns of McKinley High School. And it has been a fun ride so far, and we're only getting more and more excited to see what is to come. So you still haven't pressed record? Because I already did a full intro, BB. <laughs> I just I just pressed it. I pressed it. Well, once again, this is at Wamog, your Kristen Chenoweth approved future award winning podcast. And do we have any pitch corrections this week before we get into it? I have zero. I have none. I don't have any either. And I think it's because, as I said, we are a future award winning podcast. So we don't have pitch corrections, you know, right now. I did have a question for you, Zach, before we get into this episode, which is Have you ever watched The Weakest Link? Don't even set it up that way. You know, we strategically planned (laughs) to watch The Weakest Link, which is now hosted by Jane Lynch, a.k.a. Sue. Um, And I have watched, I think, every episode I can watch. I've watched four episodes. Oh, my God. I didn't even know there were four episodes. I only thought there was one, so I only watched one today. Oh, wow. It's all over Hulu. Oh, no, I was watching. I didn't even know it was on Hulu. According to, you know, the TV app on my Apple TV, I had to watch it through my Spectrum app, which, you know, obviously sucks because that means there's commercials. Ew, yuck. I don't watch any commercials. Um, yes, Jane Lynch is hosting The Weakest Link, and I just wanted to say how amazing she is as the host. I mean, The Weakest Link has always had a host that's kind of like catty and a little bitchy to the contestants, and I think Jane Lynch, like, fits that mold perfectly. Yeah, she's not quite as good as like the British lady whose name I don't know. Um, I think she was iconic, but yeah. she's fun. I mean, she's a little bit like I feel like she's still getting her footing. It's like it's kind of right boring sometimes, I guess, is the word like low energy. I think it's supposed to be. But at the same time, I don't know. The camera works kind of fun. I feel like the music almost needs to be updated. It seems a little. I don't know. Leftover. Um well, and I don't know if you realize, but it's being it's not being marketed as like the new show. It's being marketed as the fourth season of The Weakest Link, oh, which I'm well, like, yeah. y'all got a new host and it has been off the air for 10 years, 10 plus years. But OK, yeah. I did write down my favorite thing she said in the first episode, which is hello, victims. Now tell me everything about you as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. She was fun. It was a good time. I don't know why, but in my memory, watching The Weakest Link as a kid, when you were The Weakest Link and you were sent home, there was like a trap door that opened up and you fell through it. Wow, that's a different TV show. So I guess I misremembered The Weakest Link, but I do like the walk of shame they take from their podium to wherever they go. Yeah, you're thinking of the iconic TV show. uh, I think it was called Roulette or Russian Roulette or something. I don't know if I ever watched that. They definitely found fell through a trap hole. In the weakest link, does she move or does the pedestal she's standing on move? I think she turns it. Like she moves her body. Yeah, kind of. Because like it's a, like a circle thing underneath her that I thought moved because she's like right. raised up a little bit. But I she, sometimes it looks like she moves. <laughs> I think she turns it like a teapot, and it moves mm, with her. I have no idea. I'm actually trying to look up the roulette game show right now. So it's not like The Voice <laughs> where the chairs just move automatically. Oh, yeah. It was Russian Roulette. So if you got voted off Russian Roulette, you fell through a trap door. 
Something like that. Yep. Okay, work. <laughs> I <laughs> also the guy who spoke Klingon in the first episode of The Weakest Link. I was like, "What are you doing?" And Jane Lynch was like, "That's a marketable skill." And of course, I'm lying to your face because, like, who the fuck needs to know what Klingon is? People are weird. I've never, I've never seen a Star Trek. I think I've seen one of the movies, whatever movie is Zachary Quinto in it, because I think he's hot. Other oh, I've than seen that, those, I haven't seen but I haven't seen any of that old crap. Oh, no. I kind of want to watch that new one that's on CBS All Access, Picard or whatever it's called. I heard it's good. Picard. Yeah, sure. And I would like to say, so I don't know about you when you're watching game shows, but I like answer the questions with them. Right. Because I'm yep. like trying to test my own trivia in the third round of the first episode. I got every answer right. But the last one. So put me on. Put me on weakest link. Jane Lynch, I'm waiting for your call. <laughs> That's your chance to ask her to be on the show. That's what. So I'm going to get on the weakest link. And then while I'm walking off, I'm going to just like slip her a piece of paper that goes, I will give you five dollars if you get on my Glee podcast. Yeah. And she'll say, nope, she won't say anything. She'll just ignore you. Well, it's not live. She'll make fun of me on TV, which could be even better. Sure. Uh, I want to get roasted by Jane Lynch one day. I think that's my goal in life. I think that might be your kink in life, but okay. Same thing. Tomato, tomato. I love a kink. Let's get into episode 10. Wow. Episode 10 of Glee Ballad. In the 10th episode, the Glee Club must prepare a ballad for sectionals. So the kids randomly pair up. Rachel falls in love, yet again, with probably her most inappropriate crush. Plus, Finn finally gets to meet the parents. I was going to see if I could speak Klingon, but I couldn't. <laughs> Maybe that's what I should learn. Should I learn Klingon for And That's What You Missed on Glee? No. No, you should not. And That's What You Missed on Glee! Okay, so the episode starts right off the bat. We know that the episode's called Ballad, and he writes it on the board. <laughs> it's like, Ballad, and we're like, okay, we got our stakes right now. That's what every uh, teacher does to prove a point. Ballad, look at it. <laughs> I love that he says Ballad, and he goes, anyone know what it is? And Brittany goes, it's a male duck. <laughs> Shaking uh, my head I, because it was just <laughs> gross. Mallard, that was gross? See what that is? A mallard. I know, but I think that's funny because she's stupid. Hilarious. Um, oh the definition God. of a ballad apparently is stories set to music because there's no other way to get those emotions out. And I realized, honestly, just like I think every episode, Rachel gets more and more annoying because she was like, thank you, guys. This is my wheelhouse. Like, shut up, girl. No one. No one cares. Right. Um, the partners in this case will be chosen by fate, which I thought was kind of fun. Yeah, and so our first partners are Puck and Mercedes, and then we have Artie and Quinn, Kurt and Finn, Asian and Other Asian. The fact that the name in the hat was actually Other Asian. And for the next one, I wrote Brittany and Other Cheerleader, because I, again, don't know names. <laughs> and then Santana. <laughs> no, we're going to go back to that. I'm not letting you get over this. Santana, who is played by Naya. I don't names. They aren't important. Santana. They literally have done nothing but sing one song this entire show. Oh my god! And be friends with uh, Becky. That's it. Oh nothing else has happened. Santana. They are the most inconsequential characters of this episode and of the show. They don't even get like a little Santana. moment. Everybody in this episode gets their own like little practice moment. And guess who doesn't? 
Those two, because they don't matter. Santana, who is played by Naya Rivera, which is the like main reason I wanted to make this podcast was to rewatch Glee because she had just passed. She is an iconic character, and even though you don't care about her right now, you need to learn her motherfucking name. Blah, blah, blah. She doesn't matter. You're insufferable. I hope you know that. Sorry. First time watcher. People out there need to know. This person does not matter. Literally does not matter. Oh my god. They do matter, and you giving them this unwarranted opinion does not actually help anyone. That's my job. (sighs) No! Are my opinions not valid? I'm confused. No, your opinions are never valid. Are you drinking Dasani again? Always. At least in the last episode, you went and got a real glass of water like a normal human. No, this episode is actually sponsored by Dasani. It will never be sponsored by Dasani. Dasani. Listen to this. Stay thirsty. Ew, don't, don't. If there was ever to be a water company to sponsor our podcast, you and I both know it would be LaCroix. Well, I mean, that's the hope. That's the dream. But like... Sometimes you have to settle for Dasani. Stay thirsty. <laughs> Dasani, it will make you more thirsty. <laughs> Dasani. Well, uh, also known as parched. <laughs> <laughs> Dasani, also known as when you go to the restaurant and they say, would you like a bottle of water? And you go, sure. And they go, it's Dasani. You go, I guess. <laughs> Dasani. <laughs> Dasani, also known as the salt shaker left on the table. Dasani. <laughs> Oh god. Uh, um, so the stakes are set. They need a ballad for sectionals due to a change in the rules that demands one. And Rachel has one right off the bat, which is Endless Love. Yes, Endless Love by Diana Ross, um, and popularized by a duet with Lionel Richie. Yes. And that's actually I think that's how I heard it first was the duet between Lionel Richie and Diana Ross, not her on, own um, version. On Happy Gilmore. Ooh, yeah. The Adam Sandler movie, which I I assume it was Diana Ross on that one. I can't imagine why it wouldn't have been. Um, but yeah, that's how I that's how I know the song. And yeah, I thought it was a, a good performance. Uh, I think I they mean, sounded really good. Yeah, like incredibly good. And I did think the voiceovers during the performance were really funny, too, because it was like everyone had a little voiceover. And Will was like, I'm literally terrified of this girl. Yes. I noticed that in the background, the uh, Glee kids are waving their phones like lighters. <laughs> and I said, is this the first time that that ever happened? And maybe they popularized that moment moment for all uh, concert going tweens everywhere. I don't think that was actually one of the things that Glee started, but nice, you know, nice thought, you know, because they did start the mashup, which was proven. Um, <laughs> I tried. And young MC is not MC hammer. So, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> But um, I just read that that was an opening scene. Like that was that was a lot, and it was really I don't know. I liked it. The yeah. first like chorus room. Enter Quinn's family mm. because um, Mama Quinn, who I don't think we ever get names for, um, Mama Quinn is Miss Fabray, talking, if you will. Miss Fabray, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> is uh, measuring Quinn's waist um, as she notices some of her clothes don't fit. Which to me, right away, I was like, "Oh, oh, she knows." When she broke out right. the tape measure, she knew, and she didn't bring up the tape measure to like measure anywhere else other than her stomach. Right. And plus, just for clarification, she's trying on a dress for the chastity ball that she's going to with her dad. 
Yes. And uh, no matter how many really big tacos, quote, really big tacos you have, I don't think it's going to make that dress not fit. Right. And also her dad comes stumbling in and he goes, honey, Glenn Beck is on. And I'm like, (laughs) God, is this where we are? (laughs) Did you recognize Papa Quinn? I recognize him from Scandal. Is Uh, that what you... No, you recognize I recognized him, from? him oh. from Gilmore Girls. Mitchum Huntsberger is in the room. <gasps> That's right. Oh, my God. I'm literally watching Gilmore Girls right now. How did I not think of that? Mitchum there Huntsberger. That is very true. But he's also in Scandal for a few seasons as well. well and the, the end result of this little soiree is that they decide to have a fin over for dinner. Right. And I didn't realize until this time watching it that they drink a lot. <laughs> Like, like every or like like them specifically, like the parents. I don't think I've ever realized that like they show you that she drinks her martini. It's like full. And by the end of the scene, it's empty and she's getting him another glass of scotch. It's like y'all drink a lot. Mm. Well, I mean, their daughters, the, uh, you know, whatever of the chastity club, chastity club, president of the celibacy club. Same difference. Um, you Yeah. And you don't think that they are weirdos slash. I mean, no. Not for fully their parents. Come on. Speaking of not fully there, um, Rachel brings Will a gift and it is a tie with gold stars on it because gold stars are kind of her thing. <laughs> yeah, she's going to be one. Um, and it turns out Shu has gone through this before this mm. um, gifting novelty gifting, as he calls it. But this adoration from one of his students. And I had yes. no idea that this is where the guest star you told us about last week would come in. But Sarah Drew herself, Grey's Anatomy, is in the house. Somebody page for a consult. April Kepner is in the room. <laughs> and I also loved the scene because, like, Emma's hearing about it for the first time as we're hearing about it. It's just a nice little play there. Um, and I was listening to a podcast today about this episode, and... Sarah Drew, right? This is before her Grey's Anatomy time. She got on this episode, and you have to remember, this show had not aired yet. So she has no clue what this show is about, what she's, like, you know, on it for one episode to, like, be this Susie Pepper character. Um, And I think it's a hilarious character to play, for her to play. Like, she does a good job at it. Sarah Drew does. Sure. She's, yeah, she's, I would have never... I would have never known that she would go on to be like an actual, not guest star, but more like a co-star. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. I don't know. She's fine. She gets um, a, a novelty tie of her own, a pepper tie so that he remembers her. Yes. And then she ends up calling his house and just like Ugh. breathing into the phone. Ugh. And ter- Terry, which here you go. Here's a point. Terry makes a reappearance. I wrote it down. Um, Finally, yeah. a Terry resurgence. <laughs> point. And, on the phone, she yells into the phone because Susie Pepper's calling in the middle of the night. She goes, if I don't get enough sleep, my antidepressants won't work and I'll go crazy and I'll kill you. <laughs> like, this woman is just insane and I am obsessed with her. <laughs> but Susie Pepper ended up getting, finally catching on that she would never be with Will. Um, yeah, eventually she gets the news. And I like that she takes it down like the dark, like the dark path for her. You know, some people go and cut themselves. Others might drown themselves in a bathtub full of tears. 
It um, means she decides <laughs> to eat the world's spiciest pepper. Which I wrote down Peruvian puff pepper question mark, which I the Peruvian puff pepper is from Drake and Josh. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. It was like a whole thing. And so I was like, is that what the pepper is? Nope. <laughs> Don't think so. But the pepper was so hot that it burned holes in her esophagus. She was in a medically induced coma. So very uh very spicy ending of sorts. And to avoid this happening with Rachel, Emma recommends that Will sings to her to let her down gently, to let her know that she needs to not stand so close to him. Kurt and Finn, again, one of those pairings. Um, They have their first practice. What did you just say? (laughs) Dad and pup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, And you get Finn's uh, first, maybe first, instances of uh, homophobia. I can't sing yeah. to a dude. He's got serious <laughs> anger issues too. He's like yelling about it. I'm like, dude, calm the fuck down. Right. I wrote down a line, Finn, blah, blah, baby. So, oh, he was, he was talking about how much about he loves this, this child and blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Who gives a shit? And Kurt goes, you know what? Girls are your problem. Sometimes you just want to give them up altogether. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, he's making some moves. Your son's a fag. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, and then we get the second performance of the episode yes. um, by Finn, pretty exclusively. Kurt on the guitar. Um, Kurt I'll on the guitar? No, I'm so sorry. Kurt's on the by piano. By Finn, pretty exclusively. <laughs> Kurt on the piano. I'll stand by you, by the pretenders. Also, <laughs> Kurt recommends for him to sing this, right? And he goes, uh, you just got to let it out. You know, let, all, let out all your emotions. And in my head, I was like, let it out in Kurt. <laughs> Oh Is that God. what he's asking for? Like, let out your frustration on me, big boy. Exactly. Yeah, let it all out in me. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, dear. Um, explicit podcast. Explicit podcast. So then we have Finn singing, which you know is my least favorite thing that but can possibly happen all right? in an episode of Glee. Right. But this was all right, right? Listeners, you know how much I despise when he gets in front of a microphone. It's like all right until it isn't. It's all right. The last thing you said in the last episode that like the last words you said about the episode was, Oh, I forgot to say that my worst part of the episode, which was Finn saying, (laughs) it was like, (laughs) dude, of course he's going to sing. They've wasted so much tape on him singing when we could have actual singers be singing. He's so bad. His it's fine. It's fine until it isn't this time. It was fine until they decided to like, they, they do like the singing to the sonogram and whatever. I wrote down, I hate Which I this. think is so funny. <laughs> and then it bounced back to him like on stage, you know, and he's like doing anger management as he sings, you know, he's like, he's like exploding with like too much energy and it's just like, chill out, bro. You're not that good. And on top of that, like you're over, you're overdoing it. And I just, it just really bothers me. I think it sounded good. I think it was obviously a little awkward, but I was just like, how wonderfully camp to just sing to a sonogram. Like that's like not, that's like actual comedy. Like it's not just like a normal thing that people do. It's making fun of that. So um, I thought it was great. And then Finn's mom and all of her denim glory, Carol Hudson just comes on in, (laughs) comes on in and saves the scene. Ugh, and she looks at him, she sees the sonogram, and she was like, is Finn pregnant? Is, is Quinn pregnant? He says yes, and then he starts crying in her arms, and then I started crying. Because <laughs> I think, like, I think what's like one of the most powerful things in a scene is when you can tell that they're holding back tears. 
like Finn's mom was like not crying, but like so much emotion. That's just great acting. <laughs> I wrote it down as a sweet moment, but not great acting. What? Because Again, there's no. Think we about watch it. Finn's you, part. <laughs> he is so bad. I'm not at talking everything. about Finn. I'm talking about no, no. Carol. She's great. She's excellent. Again, she saves the scene. I just said that he ruins anything that he touches. He is the most worthless character I have ever seen at the oh star God. of a TV show. You're so hateful to this man. He's not good at anything. I think you secretly have a crush on Finn Hudson, and that's why you're so mad. <laughs> I think you're secretly writing down notes to cut this part out of the show, but I don't understand because he's so bad and the people need to know. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that that's why. I just I don't have nearly the amount of hatred that you do for him. I think you need to get there because it's... Uh, I don't well, think so. It's not good. Well, it Nobody is now likes time. Him. I learned that from what's her name. Callie doesn't like him, but Jesse yeah. liked him. Jesse doesn't know what she's talking about. Okay, Jesse sang and blew all of our minds away, so. She liked Finn. Not a good idea. Well, you can go to our Instagram now to take a poll on whether or not you can think you Finn a, is. Can you take a poll on Instagram? Yeah. On Instagram stories specifically. Yeah. Gotcha. Because it's still going to be up by the time you decide to get there. <laughs> the 24-hour poll. <laughs> so you have 24 hours there. to get there. Um, and if you don't get there in time, it will be in our highlights. But also Hurry. check Twitter. Because um, I'll maybe tweet from the account that week. Um, so this is the time to... And also I forgot that this was a thing until we were sitting here. So I was thinking about what song it would be. <laughs> this is what we're going to call for today. Because the polling on social media has not come back yet. But today we are calling this the verse stop section, the verse stop segment. First stop. That's what you said. I heard first, F-I-R-S-T. No, verse, as in a verse of a song. So verse stop this week is going to be a cover of a song, which I don't think you've heard yet. So I'm very excited to share with you and with all of our listeners, which is Miley Cyrus. Singing God zombie by the cranberries. Ugh, I'm already, I'm already not excited about this, which might be the whitest thing I've ever said on this podcast. (laughs) Miley Cyrus Uh, vocals second only to Finn. Oh my God. You are wild. You're wild and out, but here you guys go. Here is Miley Cyrus singing zombie by the cranberries. What did you think? Um, I think it's Are you like, going to eat your words? I'm not going to eat my words, no. I think it's probably the only song that she can cover successfully because it's just all throat singing, and that's all she does. No, but she's been doing a lot of covers recently. She did this one, and then last week she did um, 
a Guns N' Roses cover. And the week before, she did another cover. And I'm like, this is, I'm wanting a covers Miley album. I want Miley Cyrus to release an album of her just singing covers. I want Miley to go back to not being famous. That's what I want. Okay, that's my neighbor that you're talking about. Don't care. She lived down the street from me, and you are being rude to her. I will personally defend Miley Cyrus to my grave. And you, I think I sent you probably the gayest photo of me as a child, which is me with a Miley Cyrus shirt on in my backyard being like, yay. That, that was you as a child. That was yesterday. <laughs> I was 10 years old in the photo. <laughs> and if you want it to be on the Instagram, maybe it will be. Maybe it won't. We'll see. So here we are back from the uh, breaking of your eardrums. Oh, I mean, my God. Break. You just said that it sounded good. I said it. No, no, I didn't. I said it sounded like the only song that she could possibly cover because it's all throat singing. Zach gave her a 10 out of 10 will recommend. (laughs) (laughs) Quinn and Finn are in the hallway. And once again, Quinn is berating Finn. I'm smart. You're stupid. (laughs) I'm just like, girl, chill out. Um, She is very mad at him because he told his mom. Um, and Kurt is really fucking horny this episode and runs up to him and be like, and he's like, I think your stupidity is cute. This is when he says the thing about giving up girls. And I think it's very, uh, wholesome mm-hmm. and very forward of him. Make that move, buddy. Get it. And he's like, there's like a little montage of Kurt finally, you know, confessing his love to the, us, the audience. And he mentions Brittany and how Finn cheats off her, even though she thinks the square root of four is rainbows. I'm like, oh, she is stupid. And then it's oops all bonding all the way down for them, for them two, which is cute. Will ends up calling Rachel to the choir room to sit her down and try to like let her down softly. As Emma suggested, Emma comes with. And this is where we get, I would say, what, our third song of the episode? Yep. Which is Young Girl and Don't Stand So Close to Me, a lovely mashup. Which, who are those artists? Because I know one is the police. And honestly, I didn't even bother to look it up because of the way that this episode, every time they brought up a song, they always said blank blank by the blank blank blank. (laughs) Like they would always like very specifically say, here's the song, here's (laughs) who it by. As long as like, I, I almost kind of wonder if maybe this episode or something related here, like legal department stepped in and right. were like, Hey, uh, we promised these people that we would start giving them like heads up rights because it's nowhere in our, uh, credits and it's nowhere like listed in like the beginning of the episode. So we're yeah. just going to say the words and just call it out. Cool. Cool. Well, the show wasn't on the air yet, so it's still w- interesting, but I wonder if the songs they used this episode, like one or two of them, they couldn't use without saying who it was. Cause like there are certain copyrights that you have to say who sings it based yeah. on, you know, clauses and whatnot. So I wonder if that is the case. I think he sounded very good. Uh, yeah, no, I think Will does a good job here. Um, he's just so good at being like, he's so good at being good, you know, like he just yeah. uh, effortlessly kind of puts together whatever he's putting together and somehow throws in some dance moves and somehow he's very put together. Is it bad that while watching it, I might've been a little wet. (laughs) I think you totally get right away why Rachel's obsessed. I think she's like, he's singing to me. He told me to sit right here. And like, she's like, and I can't get up because I'm going to leave a little, little stain, little puddle, little middle (laughs) paddle. (laughs) Oh God. Um, (laughs) <laughs> well, also, um, 
it definitely does not have the desired effect he wants. Because also Emma the entire time is like moving back and forth. And she's just like, this is just so good. <laughs> yes. And then he's like, now, Rachel, go ahead and summarize what I just said to you. And she goes, I'm very young and it's hard for you to stand so close to me. And he's like, Emma, help me. And she's like, yes, daddy. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> and then Rachel's like, bye, daddy, and walks away. <laughs> And Susie Pepper is seeing the whole thing. And I think this is like the horror movie moment where you realize she's still in high school. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know why, but I thought the flashback with Susie Pepper was like, you know, years ago. I thought so too. I thought it was like a moaning Myrtle situation, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like she's been dead for 40 years and somehow Will still looks the same. I don't know why. <laughs> right. It's the Jerry curl. It really helps him going. <laughs> yeah. And then we are in Finn's like weird basement area where Kurt is trying to help. Yeah, which is exactly where Kurt wants him. Oh, yeah. Kurt wants to be in that basement while Finn's mom's at work so that Kurt can, you know, polish off some things, you know. <laughs> like uh, Tyler Posey polishes off. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> that, can cut that. I might have to that. download. <laughs> I'm leaving that in because I might have to, you know, subscribe to his OnlyFans just to <laughs> see what's going on on there. Uh <laughs> I um only I think fans where celebrities uh deepen their relationship, deepen their relationship with uh the fans. And their holes. So there you go. <laughs> I think it's good that this podcast episode is more explicit because this episode is also like the horniest episode of TV there probably is. So it makes good. sense. This show needed it. <laughs> well, I also think it's very apparent that they connect on a deeper level, and I think it's because of their dead parents right yes. like they connect on a way that i don't think either of them would be able to connect with anyone else on the show because they have two parents yes i literally said is this the gay relationship i didn't know i wanted like <laughs> nothing has ever again i think if we were to look at the, the these two characters as maybe the kind of two most i don't know if they're most annoying but they're they're like in a tier of their own you know and to put them into a a screen together or a scene together i immediately go oh their annoyingness kind of cancels each other out. Yeah. And I wanted it to be like a consistent thing. I also think that Finn brings up the good point. Cause you know, Kurt talks about how he misses his mom and he remembers seeing her and the way that she smells and that sort of thing. And Finn brings up the point. He's like, I think I'm kind of lucky. I never knew him. And I was like, thankfully both my parents are still alive. But like, I think that would be something I would probably agree with too, is it's better to, you know, lose a parent you never knew than never to then to lose one that you did. You know, mm -hmm. we went from really horny to really depressing really quick. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I do think also that, uh, Oh, I do like Finn too, that he's like having a friendship with Kurt and it, I don't feel like he's queer baiting. You might th disagree, but I feel like it's like genuine friendship, not like a queer baiting situation. I mean, define for me and for the listeners, what do you mean by queer baiting? So queer baiting is when there is a straight guy who knows that there's a queer person or a gay person who likes them and like entertains it constantly and will like send them like shirtless photos to be like, Oh, how do I look in this? Like just kind of like, cause they like the attention, but they'll never actually follow through with it to like satisfy that other person. Um, it's like being an ultimate fuck boy as a straight person to a gay person. Gotcha. Um, no, I, I don't think that he's doing that at all. I think he's completely oblivious to the idea that, he could possibly be into him. I think that he's totally okay with Kurt's sexuality, but I do, I don't know. I, I think it sparks those kind of, like I said, the homophobic, whatever 
thoughts yeah. at a point, but at the same time, I don't think he is. I think he's just, it's more of an insecure thing than it is a, this gives me a blanket of security because you're giving me attention. Exactly. And I do think Kurt gives him some advice. He says, if you're too scared to tell Quinn's parents about the baby, then use your greatest weapon, your dick. Oh, I mean, uh, singing, (laughs) singing a song. Yes. (laughs) And I completely missed that part because when it does go that route, I was like, oh my God, he's going to sing. Oh my God. Uh, I also was kind of like, I don't know if it's just me taking notes or being slightly distracted. I was like, what is the suit for? (laughs) What is he pulling shit out of this thing for the dinner? Question mark. I don't know. Probably (laughs) moving on. There's also a scene in here somewhere where Naya Rivera breaks character, and I can't remember where it is, but it's very funny because she's breaking character and laughing and not as a... Oh, it was at the beginning when they're pairing off and they announced to us why Will is a part of the pairing. Do you remember that? It's because Matt is in the hospital because a spider went in his ear. Uh-huh. Santana announces that to the class, <laughs> and then she like starts laughing, and it's like not a funny moment. I think it's because Naya Rivera broke character. Sure. Or she's a mean girl because she's a cheerleader. And it's probably like fun of him. There's like subtext that her and Matt fuck. So I feel like she probably wouldn't be like laughing that he's in the hospital. Sure. I don't well, think that subtext exists at all. But okay. It does go back to the episode with a th- where they had to choose between Glee Club and football. She runs up to him the second he walks into the room. Oh, my God. That's the hard hitting evidence that needs to be landing on this show. Well, Rachel ends up making a surprise appearance at Will and Terry's house because she is cooking and cleaning for them. Yeah, this whole scene felt like a horror scene. You know, he comes in, he starts kind of like talking to someone who's not really there. He's wondering kind of what's for dinner, babe. A beverage comes at him from the great beyond and turns out it's Rachel. Right. I had chills the whole time. Maybe it's just because I've been watching too much Haunting of Bly Manor, but I was like, oh, God, oh, God. Well, she also sets it up like they set it up with like that terrifying music that Susie Pepper had. Yeah, it was the like same the undertone acapella music. stuff. Yeah. Maybe this was like their Halloween episode. It did feel kind of Halloweeny. And then she goes, "The casserole's almost done. Hope you like venison." What the hell is a venison casserole? I don't know. Some kind of deer in your casserole. <laughs> and Terry's like, "I'm happy. I'm putting her to work. She's you know perkier and younger than me, and you're gonna run off to her if I don't." So. I'm yeah. putting this bitch to work. Yay, jealousy. And then he drives her home and says, children have to sit in the back, which is like, again, check the seats. Are those leather? Because <laughs> if not, <laughs> you might have a stain. I also have a question for you about Terry. Do you think she is crazy or she's acting crazy on purpose i don't know what you mean like do you think that terry's actually a crazy bitch who's like you can't touch the sores of my body my open wounds or whatever and like actually darts off and like is a crazy bitch or do you think she's just doing <laughs> that, that nothing to define what you just said try again <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> do you think that she's like actually crazy and act and acts that way genuinely or she does it because she thinks it will like entice Will even more. I don't think either. I think she's trying to get him not to look at the baby bump. So she kind of says that stuff. Right. And therefore has nothing to do with the other thing that you're asking, which is, is Terry crazy? In I which mean, case, the answer is unabashedly. Absolutely. <laughs> this gal needs to go. I don't find the charm that you find with her. I uh, think she weighs down every episode she's in. You literally, you were wanting her to be in more. No, no, no. I just said I'm surprised she hasn't been. I think she is exhausting, and I don't, 
I, I get to the point with her where I, I understand why she's around and it's for us to want Will to be more so with Emma than he is with her. But I also get to the point where I go, is this over yet? Like, can he just be with Emma at this point? Because I don't want him with Terry anymore because she's so annoying and he knows that she's the worst. I don't know. I, and maybe that's just uh, like having been in weird relationships like that where you're like, you know, this one's not good for you, but yet you don't move on to the thing that is good for you. I don't know. I, I just hate to see that happen to people. And Will needs to move the hell on because he's got Emma who's great and she can't move on either because she's got a kin. It's a whole bad situation. And Terry is at fault for this diatribe over. As you said, there's probably a wet spot on the back seat because he's, he literally says it's very much like a role playing situation. Children have to sit in the back seat, which is I like, think Whoa. only you are into that. But <laughs> <laughs> Will Daddy over here, chill out, buddy. And she decides that she wants to sing another ballad that she prepared for him, which is Crush um, by Jennifer Page. Honestly, you only get to hear maybe 4.2 seconds of the song. But yeah. if you would like, go listen to the full track because she recorded the full song. Oh, good. I was I was really excited to hear it and then I didn't get to hear it. Yeah, I think they recorded the full I I I have this theory with Glee that they record all of the songs in their entirety and then before the scripts come out. So like sure. they just spend days in the studio because it's cheaper to do it all at once. And then they're like, oh, we'll use Crush in this episode. <laughs> and they just like throw it in there and they don't realize yeah. like where they'll cut it and whatever. Um, and this is where I realized that Susie still existed. Uh, because <laughs> then like the next day Rachel has to like confront Susie and be like, you'll never have what we'll have. And Susie's like, you'll never actually have anything because it can't be. It just can't be probably right. because a, he's still with Terry and B should be with Emma. So there's not room for C you. And she learned it the hard way via pepper. Rachel yes. needs to learn it the harder way. The, penis. There you go. Um, then we get to a little scene between Mercedes and Puck where Mercedes, I feel like kind of lays down the law for him and is like, even though Puck loves Quinn and Quinn is the mother of his child, she did not choose him. Right. Mercedes tells him you're the baby daddy, but it takes a hell of a lot more to be the father. Right. And I like how Puck here is pretty committed to his rehearsal. Like he's like ready to go. And Mercedes is the one weighing it down. Like girl, be there on time. Be prepared to practice. And she's like, no, no, no. We've got bigger things to worry about. She lets him know that he has no business messing up that girl's life any more than he already has. Speaking of that girl's life, it's time for Finn and Quinn to have family dinner. Which Mrs. Fabray makes a lovely ham. He, there was some weird like meat innuendo happening at the top of that scene, which I was like, am I supposed to be laughing or I don't know. I really hated, though the uh, handheld camera situation that was happening. They like walk in on the scene with the handheld shaky cam. And I'm just like a little motion sick. And then it happens again. And then it happens again. It's like they're floating over the shoulder. I I didn't like it. While Mr. Fabray is going on and on about Quinn, all about his, you know, his older sister, his older daughter, um, Finn gets anxious and just stands up. It says, I have to go to the bathroom, runs to the bathroom and calls his boyfriend, Kurt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And this is when I realized, OMG. He's going to sing. OMG. Also, that little dumbass mirror scene where he's just like, ah, ooh, yeah. uh, it reminds me of when in episode and one of the episodes of Friends and like the episode of what never happened or something like that, where they're um, and in that episode, um, 
Ross is still with Carol and Carol's a lesbian. And so she won't have sex with him. So whenever he gets sexually frustrated, he goes, because <laughs> he has been wow. focusing on his karate. Perfect. I now, I now know exactly which episode you're talking about. And Thank you. Could, I don't have to watch it anymore. Truly. I never have to rewatch the series of friends that it was enough. <laughs> um, well, so yes, he decides, he decides to sing, brings in the stereo. Uh, and turns out he decides, it's not the pretenders that he's going to sing to her. Um, it's having my baby by Paul Inca. You're having my baby. Also known as our second Gilmore girls reference this episode. Oh, Paul Inca. Paul Inca. <laughs> I was like, um, have my baby. Um, and it's funny because before he even starts singing, his dad is over it, but they're both like still kind of jamming. Like the mama's like, you're having my baby. Mm. Right. Well, the dad's not just over it. He's realizing what's happening. Um, and we practically get again, like a Mitchum Huntsberger situation here where he tells her to get out of his house during the song. They all realize that Quinn is pregnant and Quinn is actually almost like relieved that Finn is doing it. And you're going to be relieved because we are taking another break. come back and Quinn and Finn are sitting down across from the Fabrays and they're having a very what seems to be serious just like eye contact moment <laughs> um, and then Quinn's dad Mr. Fabray or Mr. whatever his name is in Gilmore Girls he starts telling a story about the Indians is that a team in Indiana or Ohio do you know but yes it is it's a team in Ohio Cleveland Indians he ends up kicking Finn out at first and then immediately turns to kicking Quinn out and Quinn, you know, looks kind of like dead ass into her mom and does this like really, I would say like heart wrenching moment when she tells everyone that her mom knew, which we were like alluding to beforehand. And, you know, she's like, I needed my mom. I needed my mom. And you were so scared. The only thing that matters to me here is that we love Finn's mom. They go to Finn's house, and of course, she's like, yeah, of course she can stay here. I'm a real mom. Quinn's mom sucks. Okay, Susie then sees Rachel in the hallway, and she's like, hey, Barbara Streisand, let me tell you a few things that I learned in two years of psychotherapy. Is Rachel listening here, or is she still saying, no, 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 I can whatever? No, no, no was the earlier one that you talked about. This one is listening. Okay. So yeah, then she was on this apology tour. She's got flowers, blah, blah, blah. Yay, raw. I'm finally not stupid. And because he just lets her know, you know, one day you'll find a great man because it's not me. I got Emma. Um, then we get the Finn and Kurt continuation moment where, you know, Finn shares whatever he's learned this episode because he's Finn and he's stupid and annoying and I don't care about him. So I probably stopped watching him. Well, did you notice what uh, Kurt's song was going to be? His ballad? He was planning on singing to Finn. Yes. <laughs> And I was ready to listen to it. I was very excited. <laughs> I, honestly I honestly love, love you, you. <laughs> which I don't uh-huh. know who that's by or what that song even is. But really, isn't it Whitney Houston? And I will always love you. I honestly love you. Ah, Olivia Newton-John. Uh, Actually, now to come think, now to think about it, I think that the 
the song recorded on uh, Happy Gilmore, Endless Love, I believe is actually Olivia Newton-John. It's her singing Endless Love? Uh-huh. With somebody else. Um, there's a line in The Wedding Planner, which alludes to Olivia Newton-John. But maybe it's I Honestly Love You that she's talking about in The Wedding Planner. It is. It's I Honestly Love You by Olivia Newton-John. All right, full circle. J-Lo had a moment. <laughs> well, In case you're wondering what the two best uh, J-Lo uh, flicks are, it's, uh, I, it's uh, The Wedding Planner, which I made you watch. And yes. You fell asleep, too. Imagine that. You're not listening. And number two is uh, Made in Manhattan, which I think you watched all of. Or maybe I flipped those. Maybe you fell asleep during Made in Manhattan. No, I fell asleep through Wedding Planner because I've seen Made in Manhattan several times. I'd never seen The Wedding Planner. And you were mad that I fell asleep since I hadn't seen it. <laughs> yep. And then I up and left. I up and left. I do think I woke up on the couch and you were gone. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think you had also drunk a country poor and were drunk and therefore passed that on, passed out on the couch. Didn't fall asleep. Passed out. <laughs> I was not drunk off of one glass of wine, would be, but I will say I did Passed pass out, out would be the fine line between fell asleep and having a problem. Passed out. <laughs> <laughs> having a problem <laughs> what kind of problem oh my god <laughs> quinn and finn are then asked to go to whatever the, the last scene of a glee club show <laughs> the the last, they're, they're asked to come to the last scene yes <laughs> and finn stupidly walks in with his eyes closed and is like where's the surprise at and he's and like, like shut the finn, fuck up shut up <laughs> Um, and I said again, yikes, because they're getting ready to be, they're getting ready to be saying at, which I did not, I, I texted you in the middle of this nonsense, which is lean on me by, uh, by Bill Withers, by the way. Um, I texted you and said, my God, can this be over? But okay. Mercedes and Artie open it up and they sound good. Yeah. I mean, Artie and Mercedes, this is their moment. Right. Um, Mike Hang is always hitting those moves, right? And even though they are being sung at, it is kind of heartwarming. No? Did you hate no, it that much? not at all. <laughs> I literally hated this moment. I hate, I, A, I don't like the song Lean On Me because it's been overplayed 10 That's million true. times. That's true. B, I don't, it, it also got worse because eventually Quinn and Finn are pulled into the dance number and they're kind of just like grooving together, which I hated. Um, I asked. You might have hated it. I thought it was pretty spectacular. Um, not obviously not my favorite song of the episode by far. And I don't think it's on my favorite Glee's songs podcast podcast playlist. I have a playlist of all my favorite Glee songs and it's not on there either. Oh but God. it is um, still good. I think there's a there's three moments during this. One is uh, they said to call me when you need a friend. Call me by quotes. Um, Kurt looks directly at Finn mm-hmm. and Finn's like, oh, didn't realize that was happening this entire time. Kurt was like, call uh, my two, bussy. <laughs> two eyes from Puck to Quinn. Yeah. Quinn kind of casually ignores it. I don't think she was and ignoring then, it. I think she was accepting it like mouth wide open. Oh, maybe I'm well, maybe uh, three. There's a fucking trust fall that happens in this song. <laughs> it's so bad. And guess who does it? Your favorite person. Imagine that. Cause he's the worst. He's also like six, um, four. <laughs> Like he's a tall God, ass dude. So he's so stupid. I don't like him. Frank and teen over here doing a trust fall. That dumb fuck. Um, but Mercedes, yes. Thank God for her. She saves everything. She's the moment. So you, what you're saying is this is your favorite song of the episode. Uh, a thousand percent. No. <laughs> well then what is your favorite song? My favorite song of the episode is obviously endless love. When Rachel and will 
do at it out. And um, I said again, I said it. I'll say it again. It was great. It was a moment. We loved it. Can I choose a song that is in the episode, but not the full version? I was going to say maybe I think might as well. If you know there's a full version, you know, something good was about to happen when she uttered those phrase, whatever phrase she uttered. She goes, ah, crush. That's just like the perfect start of a thing. <laughs> also, every time I see it come up on my playlist, I always think it's crush, crush, crush by Paramore. And then I have to remember that it's not God. Uh, shout out to Maggie, a friend of the show who really likes Haley Williams. Yes, we all were going to go see her. Mm, sad day. Post COVID. Yep. Well, um, yes, my favorite song is Crush, which Rachel sings in the car to Mr. Schuster. Now I have a uh, question for you. What was your least favorite moment of the episode? Because I have mine. Oh, we're doing that now? Um, uh, only because the obvious least favorite moment of both of ours should be that there was not a single suiciding this entire episode. Oh, I very sad. Actually, am okay with it, but it's because I'm. Ooh. That's because I know what's to come. You're only happy because you got a Terry moment, and like no one cares about her. <laughs> Actually, could that be my favorite moment <laughs> of the episode? Is when Terry oh says God. that she's gonna kill Susie Pepper. No, my Ugh. favorite moment of the whole show was the whole Susie Pepper arc. I really liked Sarah Drew in it. It was a, it was a fun time. Now you guys know my least favorite moment. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh huh. Again, again, it's fine. I'll just say words over here. Uh, yes, my least favorite moment. It was actually rhetorical. I don't really need to know. Good, because the I, important part was there's no Sue. There's no Sue. Oh, my least favorite Very moment sad. was that Mike Chang shirt was on the whole episode. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. You could have said the other illogical answers were the trust fall. Um. <laughs> Or that time when you took a break unnecessarily. Oh, my God. So last episode, <laughs> you had three things, which is you'd see a ballad from Tina and Mercedes, which technically you did when they did sang Lean. or? You said you said you would see them separately, but they would both do it. <laughs> gotcha. Like okay. they would both have a ballad this episode, which neither of them did. But you could technically say they all did lean on me. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I'll get half credit for that. Um, you'll get point four. Uh, okay. <laughs> Terry will come back. She did with a vengeance. I said, and she threatened to kill somebody. So I'm going to give myself full points for that one. And you said that will would not find out about Sue's sister, Jean. So you get a full 2.4 points. Now I was implying slightly that it might still come up, <laughs> you know, in some capacity. It did not come up at all. Well, I'll Sue take the full points. Point. We'll take full credit. So you'll got, right. you get 2.4 this episode. So you're on the up and up. You know, you're, we're in a bull market now, I think is what it's called. Um, can't guarantee. And I believe you. <laughs> I believe I was told that I would have I, whatever I said I would be wrong. And I got a lot right. No, I, what I said is whatever you think is going to happen this episode is not what happens. But you have to agree. Like, you, did you expect a Will and Rachel love story? I guess not. But I mean... I don't know. This show is pretty, show is pretty predictable. It's written by Ryan Murphy. <laughs> Did you expect a ballad to be sang to a sonogram? <laughs> I no, no, I didn't. Thank you. It is. This is probably the most wild episode that they do. Cause it might be predictable in the like long plot arc of it, but this episode is just bonkers. God, you like this show way too much. Okay. So the next episode, episode 11 of Glee is titled Hairography. Hairography. This one gives no implications um, other than maybe we'll get some more. Number one, Sue is back and she's got more comments about Will's hair. Hairography. 
Is it spelled H-A-I-R? Yes. Sorry, I realized I cannot nod on a podcast. Yes, Dalton is shaking his head. Uh, hair. Um, oh, 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 I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I was thinking too literal. Hairography. So, yes, uh, some, there's some comment from Sue about Will's hair, number one, because, number two, they're covering the 80s. It's Hair Band Nation, and it's time to cover some classic hits. And I predict that we'll have a poison song, number two. Number three, because it is hair, whatever, nation moment, they have also decided to use a new budget. It's not the slushy budget. It is the hairspray budget. The hairspray budget is in full effect, and it is actually the cause of global warming. Well, I will let you know that the next episode might be the one one of the largest atrocities in all of television history. So perfect. So I'm right. It's about um, the AIDS. <laughs> I will. On the other hand, there are some really sweet moments, but all in all, Will Schuster should be taken out back and shot for this. So, oh God, imagine that. Well, this is the end of our. Kristen Chenoweth approved award-winning podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, get a like. You're stupid. And if you haven't rated us five stars, yes. If you like Will. <laughs> if you like Will, go ahead and give one like to every other Glee-related podcast on the podcast app. One star. Yes. <laughs> well, that would be also true of Finn because he's a worthless, takes up space. But if you think that Mercedes could have her own spinoff show, give us five stars. That I would watch. Right. Just her like bouncing around, singing soul music, random churches. Sure. Wow. Why they got to be churches? Oh, we haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Oh, I just thought it was subtle uh, racism. No, I also that's the uh, secondary title of the show is uh, is, uh, unnecessary racism. Okay, so I sent that last episode when I talked about Asian people dressing to like 20 Asians and they all said it was fine. Perfect. I think if you compliment <laughs> that makes it so much better. If, if you compliment everyone of one race, it's not racist. Yeah. I think if you ask your only Asian friends if something you said is okay, if you have to ask if it's okay, it's not. Well, you made me feel bad, so I had to ask after we recorded it. I wasn't the one calling out Asians everywhere. Oops, all Asians. Anything else you want to say in this episode before we wrap it up? I have nothing more to say. I'm exhausted. I'm mad that the fight took us maybe a lot longer than I just needed to be. I agree, but we will see you next time. I hate this ending. Have I told you that lately? No. It was funny for like two episodes and now I'm over it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. I hate that. I made this a thing. Um, I guess I'll just say it again. Oh God. I guess we'll glee you next time. Yeah. Bye. Woohoo.